coming into my last year here in the WCBL. Really wanted to give myself a chance to win a championship. And given that Sylvan Lake is fairly new to the league, still, I wanted to uh, be a part of some history here and hopefully uh, set out a, an unbelievable summer for the program and uh, for myself as well. Welcome to episode 233 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Let's start this episode off with a note about love. On Tuesday night, the Brooks Bombers fell 9-6 to Lethbridge, but that wasn't the story that night, as the story was about Bombers head coach Ruddy Estrella, who popped the question to his girlfriend Kelsey, and she said yes. So the big winners on the night were Ruddy, Kelsey, and all the fans in attendance who were able to witness some real good in the world. And of course, congratulations to the newly engaged couple. In other baseball news, as we mentioned last week, Calgary's Michael Soroka was expected to get called up before the Atlanta Braves took on the Miami Marlins last Friday, and that's exactly how it played out. Soroka sparkled, scattering three runs on six hits and no walks while striking out seven and in six innings of work as the Braves trounced the visitors 16-4. After the game, Soroka took to Instagram to say, quote, thank you Braves fans for an electric return to ATL. Miss this more than you all know. Your continued support has meant the world. The Maple Maddox then got the start on Wednesday night just before we recorded this episode, and while he battled some inconsistency, he allowed no runs on five hits and three walks while striking out four in four-plus innings as the Braves hammered Cleveland 8-1. There was really no sense pushing him either with the MLB All-Star break upon us. And finally, the MLB draft is set to begin Sunday and finish up on Tuesday. The Pittsburgh Pirates will make the first selection this year with 20 rounds of players to be taken. The Canadian Baseball Network has done a great job profiling the Canadian talent looking to get selected, and they have Mississauga's Miles Naylor pegged as a top Canuck. No surprise given what his brothers have been doing with the Guardians. Among the familiar names here in Alberta in the CBN Top 15, number four is Dogs Academy product Mike McDowell, while former teammate Cesar Valero is at sixth. Vauxhall Academy grad Max Grant checks in at 13, and don't be surprised if we hear Matt Wilkinson's name get called, given all the buzz he's been getting in recent weeks in the Cape Cod League. As always, we'll have you covered with stories and podcast guests should there be players with Alberta ties getting the call. Again, the draft goes from Sunday until Tuesday. Speaking of having you covered, we will once again be all hands on deck Okay, there's only four hands between Ian and I, but we'll be at the Western Canadian Baseball League All-Star Game this year, which is slated for July 15th at Seaman Stadium in Okotoks. We know that Dogs catcher Logan Grant is in, while Sylvan Lake Gulls infielder Jonah Weisner has a pretty good shot at getting in. We'll visit with both of them in a little bit, but first, it has been a while since we caught up with Ian, so let's get right to it. Ian, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Joe. How excited are you for July 15th? Oh, I can't wait. I uh, I actually was thinking about last year's Western Canadian Baseball League All-Star Game, uh, same venue. And it actually, that game ranks up there with, um, like, among the best baseball games I've, I've ever attended or watched live in my life. I've been to games in the majors. I've seen some great games, uh, some great playoff games, uh, WCBL. I've been to lots of great minor league games. But that was just that was just a magical, great night. And honestly, like early on, it's not as as you know, we were doing some media coverage of the event, so we weren't necessarily locked in to the early innings of that game. But mm-hmm. just the atmosphere, the crowds. Um, I, I'm a big home run derby guy. I just I'm a sucker for the home run derby, so I loved watching that. And then the end, uh, the end of that game. 
um, you know, walk off fireworks afterward, um, crazy lead changes, all that, all that great stuff. And probably the best play in the game, you know, when usually in a walk off when everyone looks at the walk off hit that won it and everyone storms onto the field and that's great. But I'm trying to remember the Brooks, uh, outfielder who had that complete missile mm-hmm. to home plate, uh, to gun down the runner. And like just watching that live and watching that ball come in, it was right beside the, the West dugout. I was like, that's, that's looking pretty good. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like you just seeing it in real time and like you're holding your breath at that, that play. And it was just a phenomenal uh, play. Like I said, probably the play of the game, even though it's not the, the defining moment of that game. And not one that you're going to see on a box score anytime either, right? So that's what played into it. And for me, I think the same thing, right? It, it was not just that the the play was great, but I think the crowd was in obviously into it and a, a capacity crowd at that. And the players are feeding off of that. And so everything put together was just one of those nights where I think there was a few moments where you and I looked at each other or we'd look at others and go, is this really happening? Like, is this really real? And so the question is, how do you top it, right? When you had look into uh, the crystal ball in the next couple of weeks here, it's going to be tough to top it. But at the same time, the quality of play this season has been right on par with where we saw, where we saw things last year. Yeah, and I don't think you can go into a game like that thinking this is going to be just like last year. Like, that's that's not realistic, and that's not really fair to the event, you know, mm-hmm. like, I think what you have to do is you go in and you enjoy the things that you might normally enjoy about a major league baseball home run derby or uh, all-star game. And that's some of those little moments, some of the uh, um, player interactions and coach interactions, watching the, uh, you know, we also saw in the home run derby, uh, Braden DeSonia, his dad uh, pitching to him in the, Mm -hmm. in the derby to the special moment and those things are, are just great to see and you see all the players huddled around and just like having fun and just enjoying it and um that i like i just those are the vibes that you're kind of looking for you know as for the game itself maybe it'll be a blowout maybe it'll be close uh, you know i'm sure some of the coaches are like i'm nervous if it's a, a, a extra inning walk-off mm-hmm. scenario right because you you can only use guys for so much. There are limits on guys, just as there are at the, the major league level. So I think you just got to go out, enjoy it, um, try to lock in on, on a few players that you may be familiar with or may have noticed in the uh, the stats or the standings. And, you know, kind of lock in on those guys, see what they do when they, when they get out there. And it's going to be a special night regardless. So, uh, you know, the venue will be great. It'll be packed. You're probably looking at another 6,000 uh, fans there. And uh, it's just, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. I think the big thing, too, is talking to some of the guys who weren't there last year who are looking to figure into the rosters this year. As we record this episode, a handful of teams have released their all-stars. The rest will probably do so in the next couple of days here. Keep it locked on our social media handles. We'll be retweeting the teams, and we'll have a full story when all the rosters have been announced. But I get the sense from talking to some of the players that they want to 
make it a bigger spectacle. Like I, I think back on say for hockey, for example, in the NHL skills competition, how they wanted the players wanted to, to spice it up a little bit. I wouldn't be shocked if you see a Braden Dessonia esque moment where there's something special during that home run derby or something like that. Right. And even during the game, you're probably going to see the coaches say like, soak it all in boys. Cause this might be the only all-star game that you ever get to be a part of. And we saw that last year. I'm sure we're going to see it this year with the coaching staffs as well. Um, and frankly, like I, I was alluding to earlier, there have been some really great plays heading into the uh, out of that first half of the regular season. Ian um, Oaktoks is still on top. Moose Jaw's not uh, far behind. They beat them last night uh, in Moose Jaw. Yet Sylvan Lake, who's been battling it out, you've got Lethbridge back in the mix. Every team and every night seems to be any. I, I've referred to it in the past few episodes here as any given Sunday. Right. Every team's yeah. got that possibility from your perspective. Is there anything that's been kind of taking you by surprise or things that have really um, you've been happy to see or glad to see happen over the course of the first uh, few weeks of the season here? Uh, I, I think if anything surprised me, it's that things do from a standings point of view look so similar to last year. And I say that because as you know, the, the roster turnover in this league is is significant. Um, I think we've seen for a, a number of years, Okotoks has consistently been dominant in the regular season. Uh, so that is obviously not a surprise. Uh, Moose Jaw has has kicked it up a notch. They they have a lot of returning players. Okotoks has a lot of returning players. I think Moose Jaw like they I think they really fed on that playoff run. Mm-hmm. So I think they're. Uh, and then Sylvan Lake is also a hungry team, and they've got a lot of that pitching staff, which is just lights out. Um, they've got some returning guys there, and they, you know, they they gave Okotoks a good run in the playoffs. I think, like I said, they're hungry. They get good, good crowds out in Sylvan Lake as well. So those those teams being at the at or near the top don't necessarily surprise me. I think Medicine Hat's been a little bit. Uh, Better. They've been a bit streaky, but they've been a little bit better than than last year. And I think Lethbridge has kind of bounced back, right? Lethbridge mm-hmm. missed last year, which opened the door to Brooks and uh, Fort Mac to, to make their first franchise playoff uh, appearances. I think now that that Lethbridge is kind of back in the mix, it's you know it, it's really sending a message to Fort Mac and Brooks that hey, we're we're not letting go of playoff a playoff spot easily this year and you're really going to have to fight for it. And so that could be, it could come down to Brooks and and Fort Mac uh, pushing for that, that final playoff spot. It's going to be a really interesting last half because one of the things that all the coaches we've talked to so far have, have really preached upon is depth. Because as you get into the latter half of July, especially, and then that last week or so of August there, it, can be hairy because you've got guys who ha- are, have hit their pitch count limits, for example. There are guys who need to go back to their college homes, for example. And all of a sudden, you're looking down, up and down your bench going, okay, who's going to be the next man up kind of thing? And so it's going to be really interesting to see how each team develops and how each team is able to maneuver around each of these different situations and each of the uh, unique situations that each of these teams face. So looking forward to watching that. On that note of this first half, it kind of uh, the first half of the season sort of wrapped up around Canada Day. And I'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about how crazy the crowds were 
during those Canada Day games. Oaktoke's obviously doing its thing, but across the league, everybody was taking advantage of that weather. How cool has it been as you've been kind of watching and and getting the the lowdown from uh, behind the scenes from each of the teams talking about their attendance and getting the fans into the games? And and even beyond that is some added excitement around social media. I've I've noticed all of the teams are getting more into it. They really want to make sure that uh, that the fan bases are really enveloped in their organizations this summer. Yeah, I think I think you saw teams uh, teams have made uh, more of an effort this year on social media and just promoting themselves, and it's great to see. There's lots of really good stories in this league, and uh, one of the videos that went out around Canada Day was um, getting a few players from each of the teams to draw pictures of what uh, Canada means to them, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they they weren't you know some of these guys were American guys and some were were Canadian, but you know, you'd see things like one guy drawing a, a hockey rink and he was like, I don't know if I should say this, you know, because <laughs> he's playing baseball, but it's okay. You could say that Canada loves hockey. And, you know, you saw some Tim, Tim Hortons and maple syrup references, some of the standard stuff, but it's just, you know, it's just neat to see that and, and to see the guys kind of, um, you know, go off on, on some of the things they like about, about Canada. And, um, and I think too, like just, uh, Canada Day is that that marquee day on the calendar. That's the biggest, probably the biggest day from a, an attendance point of view for the league and for baseball fans. You're going to get fans who are going to come out that might not go to another game all season. They might just be there for the fireworks at the end. That's that's okay, you know. Like that's that's part of the uh, part of the event and part of the the specialness of of being in a ballpark on on that day. And I think I think too, it's um, you know, it still feels like a, obviously politically Canada and Canada Day have, have meant a lot of different things to different people over the last few years. And there are some debates about our history and our treatment of Indigenous people. And these are all these are fine things. These are things we can talk about, things we can debate and discuss. But I feel like the ballpark is remains this safe place for people to go and celebrate Canada and and have it, you know, just have it be a positive experience. And I think there's something to be said for that. So, um, so no, it, it's great to see. And you did mention Okotoks. They set a, a Canada Day record as well. They had 6,000 people, which was the same amount of people that were at the All-Star game last year. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really great to see how the fans have really gotten into it. Great to see how there's an excitement in the air, and certainly there's an excitement in the air in the league about next year. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. I know that we've still got uh, half a season to go here, but as we record this, the Saskatoon Baseball Club, which does not have a last name or a, a team name yet, has released its top four. Fan balloting is underway to determine the team name for the new Saskatoon team, which is taking field in a year's time. Um, Some really big excitement around that. And also, Ian, newly announced head coach for that team, is a name familiar to the WCBL. A former Swift Current 57s head coach, Joe Carnahan, is coming back. Talk a little bit about, from your perspective, the excitement around not just having Saskatoon back, but obviously it's going to be a 12-team league next year as the Edmonton prospects will hopefully have their their home in Spruce Grove ready to rock and roll. 
Yeah, it should be an exciting season. And uh, just to close out what you were talking about with the fans, I did have a quick look at the numbers to see the attendance and where things are tracking. And we're just past uh, the midway point of the, the regular season. And uh, Okotoks is poised to set, yes, another attendance record. Uh, and if you've been there recently, that shouldn't be a surprise to you. It's been, each time I've been, it's just been act there uh no matter the the day of the week <laughs> um i think medicine hat and sylvan lake are also poised to to take a run at some attendance records so we'll see where that where that goes uh with respect to joe carnahan i mean that is uh that's a great hiring right like that's a guy who is experienced he's got 20 years experience in the, in the wmbl the western major baseball league which then became the wcbl uh, he's won championships as a player, won championships as a coach, was a multiple coach of the year winner. So I think they did, as you said, knock it out of the park with that hiring. You've you've got the right guy at the helm there, and that's uh, that's probably pretty cool for him too to usher in a new team and uh, and and just all the fun stuff that comes along with that. So uh, it, it's going to be an exciting season next year. It'll be nice to have uh, the prospects back as well. Um, and, and like you said, boosted to a 12-team league. I think there's definitely room for that uh, re-expansion, for lack of a better better term. Um, and, yeah, Saskatoon, you mentioned the names. Uh, what The final four are the Saskatoon Berries, uh, the River Pirates, the Bridge Pigeons, and the Cobra Chickens. And, uh, yeah, I like I like the final four names. Uh, they... Uh, they're they're fun. I like the Saskatoon berries one. I'm I'm a sucker for a good pun. You know, I love, I love the pun puns. I think there's a lot you can do with it. And I think the other names as well are they kind of have that fun minor league baseball uh, name vibe to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? I think uh, uh, there's there's a lot of things you can do with the 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 pig, the bridge pigeons, the chicken cobras. Cobra chickens, whichever it is, <laughs> and the river pirates. You can do a pretty design a pretty sweet logo around those. So it's just going to be fun to see all that unfold and uh, and and the excitement about uh, about joining that that major market in Saskatchewan. Well, and the cool part about it too is that the team actually got some submissions on logos as well, which they've been sharing on social media for the last uh, few hours here as we record this episode. And I got to tell you, the fan base is certainly excited if they're already going all out, putting together not just logo mock-ups, but also like jersey mock-ups and hat mock-ups. It is going to be a lot of fun to see how that all plays out. As for my personal choice, I originally had it as the berry pickers. I am a sucker for history and the Saskatoon berry pickers from the early 1900s was, was going to be, that was my choice from the onset. I'll take berries, but I actually really like all four of the options. So I don't think there's a losing proposition in that in any way, shape or form. I got to ask you though, Ian, do you have a preference on the name? Uh, I will tell you this. I, I, I'm with you. I like all four. I like all four options. And I think I've seen some people say, well, what did a, eight-year-old come up with these names and stuff like i'm like maybe it's supposed mm-hmm. to be fun you know why are there mascots at the game yeah. <laughs> you know? um but no i i think there's a lot of fun to be had with them uh, i will confess as well that i did vote in the final oh. not 
Not in the previous polling, but in the final four, I have cast a ballot. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how I voted. Maybe I will later on, but I'm not going to tell you how I voted. But uh, I'll just say I really like a good pun. We'll leave it at that. All right. All right. I like it. Uh, Ian, really appreciate the time as always. Looking forward to working with you over the next couple of weeks on some fantastic all-star game coverage, not just uh, before the game, but obviously we're going to be out at Seaman Stadium. Looking forward to meeting some fans, meeting some of the players and and coaches for the first time in person as well. Looking forward to all that. Uh, Ian, again, really appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Cannot wait to see you down at the ballpark and uh, it's going to be a fun event. Next up is Okotoks Dogs catcher Logan Grant. Coincidentally, we first met the Chestermere product on episode 133 of the podcast. Yep, 100 episodes ago as he was just coming off an outstanding debut with Bismarck State College. The Dogs Academy grad went on to have an even better second season with the Mystics before heading to Bellevue University of the NAIA. In between, he played with the Sylvan Lake Gulls in the pandemic-abbreviated 2021 season, then was an all-star with the Swift Current 57s in 2022, and now he's heading back to the big game as a member of the team he grew up watching. Logan, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. You've had an eventful couple of years since we last chatted. Let's start in the here and now, though. You've been named to the WCBL All-Star Game for a second time. What's it mean to you to be heading back? Uh, no, it's awesome. Obviously getting to you know represent my team. Um, and obviously now getting to play on both sides, uh, the East and the West in the All-Star Game, uh, it's going to be a pretty cool experience. As you mentioned, you represented the Swift Current 57s last year. What do you remember about that experience? The fans was probably the biggest thing that I noticed. Um, you know, obviously being in Oak Tokes, we, we get a bunch of fans. You know, Canada Day is a huge day for us, but, you know, getting to play in front of our home fans and, and you know, really getting to showcase myself, that was kind of what I remembered was, you know, just, just the environment and meeting all the guys from all the other teams and, you know, hearing their stories and how the summer's going to them. It's, it's a pretty cool experience. I know it was... Um how do I put this? I know that it was kind of different for you because you were on the road team for that all-star game, but did it sort of feel like a homecoming of sorts for you because you are a Dogs Academy kid after all? Uh, yeah, it did, definitely. Um, you know, I had a lot of people there that, uh, you know, that I knew and, and some friends that I grew up with and obviously just other families that we know around the area. So, you know, that was really cool to, you know, get to play in front of them and, and you know, hearing, hearing them cheer when I got announced. Uh, at the start of that so mm-hmm. how special was it then and is it now given as mentioned you're a product of the dogs academy system you likely watched a lot of those college games growing up and hoping to one day be a part of the dogs and now you're getting these experiences and in, in living in the here and now yeah i mean it's it's unbelievable you know getting to be on this side of it and obviously yeah watching those players growing up um you know it's super cool to you know get to do what they got to do um, you know, it's, yeah, just unbelievable. I'm super pumped. You've had a great start to the summer season. You're hitting 396, a couple of dingers, 12 RBI, two stolen bases, just 13 games so far. What's been key to your success to this point? Um, you know, so far, I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to do too much. You know, I'm just really trying to enjoy my summer. And, you know, this really is our time away from, you know, the hard grind of school baseball. So you know, I'm really just taking it in and, you know, just trying to enjoy myself and, 
you know, having fun at the plate, having fun with the teammates. Mm-hmm. The team's obviously rolling again, sitting atop the standings right now. You're coming off what was a 10 or 11 game winning streak. What's it like in the clubhouse? Describe the vibe for us. Um, you know, it's, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, you know, a lot of teams, you know, we come in to play them and, you know, obviously everybody wants to knock off the top dog, obviously. And, you know, for us, we don't, I don't think we feel that pressure. Um, you know, we really just enjoy ourselves and we just try to have, you know, as much fun as we can. You know, we're playing music and dancing around and doing whatever in the locker room, just, you know, really enjoying our summer. We're at the midway point of the season right now. What do you think you need to do to keep this train rolling, both from a team perspective and obviously from an individual perspective as well? Um, honestly, you know, just, just keep enjoying it. Um, like I said, you know, this is our time away from school. This is our time to relax and, and really, you know, enjoy baseball again. Not that we don't at school, but, you know, this is just a time where, you know, you're not worried about classes or worried about any of that extra stuff and that you are at school. So, you know, just, just really, you know, enjoy it and take it all in. And I think, uh, you know, both me personally and the team will just will keep on rolling. Not just enjoying baseball, but I assume you're probably enjoying a few home-cooked meals as well, aren't you? Definitely, yeah. Uh, I will say I'm not the best cook, so being you know <laughs> at home when when I can have my mom cook and you know eat some meals from her, it's definitely definitely real nice. Shout out to your mom, who is maybe one of our biggest Twitter followers and sharers of all time. I think I, I mentioned to you off air, I think we owe her some swag maybe at some point for, for all the support she's given. Uh, last time we talked, you were coming off a, a bananas first year at Bismarck. You had a great second year there as well. Then you were Belleville, uh, Bellevue this last season. You had 367, 11 homers, 69 RBI in just 59 games. You were named the NSAA Newcomer of the Year Award for your efforts as well. What did it mean to you to, to really kick off that season in that way and have the impact that you did? Um, you know, obviously it's awesome coming into a new program. Uh, you know, everybody wants to come in and prove themselves and, you know, earn themselves a spot in the lineup. And obviously I did that. Um, you know, it wasn't always, you know, it wasn't always a lot of fun this year. Um, I struggled, you know, the first couple of weeks just kind of with that adjustment and, you know, putting a lot of pressure on myself. Um, you know, once I kind of, you know, got settled in and realized, you know, it's just baseball um, and kind of started to enjoy it and got into a groove, things started to turn around for me and, you know, being able to be such a, a big part of that lineup, obviously. Um, I hit in the three, four, five hole for them. Um, you know, it was, it was huge for me to come in and have a good season for them and, you know, get to prove myself as a first year there. Talk us through the mindset piece for a moment. You're you're doing the transfer thing from Bismarck to Bellevue. You're you're got a new school, some some familiar faces there, but also a lot of new faces as well, new experiences. Walk us through how you approached heading into that season so that you were able to have the success you did. Um, you know, when I first showed up, obviously, you know, I just you know try to get to meet all the guys and, and you know kind of figure out who who, you know, is, is stands where with the coaching staff and, you know, kind of just ask questions and kind of see, you know, learn learn what the new coaches like and what they're looking for because, you know, every coach is different. Um, you know, I kind of just went in and, you know, put my head down and kind of just worked and told my I told myself, that, you know, I'm going to come in, I'm going to win the spot. Um, I didn't go to didn't go to not play. You know, I, I want to go and I want to play and I want to be an impact player anywhere I am. So, you know, just went in and, you know, put my head down, worked hard, and, you know, tried to earn myself a spot. Mm-hmm. 
I know you've played a couple of different positions over the last couple of years as well. Do you have a preference to this point? Or are you happy to be the utility guy that can can be a, a jack of all trades kind of thing? Um, you know, I'm obviously. I mean, I I love being in the lineup. I love hitting. Um, so really, I will play anywhere. If I had to choose, uh, I love catching. Always been a catcher. Um, that would be my number one choice. But you know, like I said, I just love to be in the lineup. I love to be able to help the team out in any way that I can. So put me anywhere, and you know, I'll give it my give it my all. Are you noticing much of a difference between um, the level of pitching that you saw at Bismarck versus the level of pitching you're seeing at Bellevue? Uh, yes and no. Um, I would say, you know, the top end is definitely better. Um, you know, when when you look at, you know, the middle of the pack arms um, in the NAI, you know, the top arms of Juco are pretty similar to that. Um, more just the pitch calling, I think. Um, you know, with a lot of coaches calling pitches, I think it changes, you know, the way you kind of have to approach the game because it's not so much of an in-game uh, calling piece now. It's it's the coaches doing it, watching from the outside and getting the stats and watching film and doing all that. So you kind of have to learn how coaches are going to attack you and, and make adjustments on the fly. Mm. I'm curious, uh, you're coming back to the WCBL thing. Uh you played in Sylvan Lake that first summer, and now you're in Okotoks, and these two have quickly become probably the rival across the WCBL. What's it like seeing some familiar faces across the way, and, and walk us through sort of that rivalry piece. What's it like down at the field level? Um, you know, I mean, a lot of us, you know, you know, we're really cool with all those guys. Obviously, you know, we everybody in the league is, you know, pretty talkative and willing to meet anybody. Um, you know, obviously once that game goes, you know, we want to be the top team. We want to be the best team. So, you know, kind of once, once we get into games, you know, things will get a little bit chippy, I think between us, but mm-hmm. you know, it's all in good fun and, you know, just a, just a little bit of competitive edge. And you know, once the game's over, it's, you know, everybody's good. Everybody's, you know, boys again. So. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Obviously, the goal of the summer is to win another championship, but I'm I'm sure you're also looking ahead to next spring with the Bruins. Did you have any goals heading into this summer or things you wanted to work on to get yourself better prepared for that next spring? Um, I think for me, mostly I think just pitch selection. Um, this summer, trying to really focus on you know finding pitches that I can handle and you know learning what pitches you know I might struggle with. Um, you know that that does tend to be my downfall sometimes is, you know, I see a pitch and I think it looks real good and I like to swing at it a lot, but uh, the average coming out of that is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just, you know, pitch selection and, and like I said, learning how teams are going to pitch you and how different types of pitchers will throw to you, I think will be, you know, a huge thing for me this summer going back into the spring. Um, you know, just trying to figure that out and kind of see how teams, guys who maybe don't know me, view me. Um, yeah, just just working on that, working on the pitch selection. Mm-hmm. A few rapid-fire questions to close things out here, Logan. First off, in honor of the recent Canada Day, all-dressed chips, yay or nay? Yay, for sure. Hickory sticks, yay or nay? Yay, for sure. Justin Bieber, yay or nay? <sighs> oh, um, <laughs> I'm going to go yay. I like his music. I like his music. Nickelback, yay or nay? Oh, 1,000% a yay, for sure. <laughs> Alberta All boy, you got to say yeah. <laughs> Before every game, I listen to Nickelback. There you go. What's your go-to Nickelback tune? 
probably How You Remind Me or Burn It to the Ground. Oh, good choices all around. You're in the drive-thru at Tim's needing a meal. What's your order? Sausage Farmer's Wrap, large iced coffee, and a sausage English muffin. Wow, right down to the nitty-gritty on that one. I like it. Finally, not Canadian-related. Favorite baseball memory to this point? Uh, I'm going to have to say going to the NAI World Series this year. That was unbelievable. That was such a cool moment for me and, you know, just, yeah, mind-blowing. On that note, I know that you and Brendan Luther and a few other guys uh, coming back here, I'm sure that's probably one of the things that's kind of got that fire lit in your bellies heading into next spring. What do you got to do differently to make sure that you can have a longer run for next spring? Um, no, I think I think we just need to you know really enjoy it and take it in. Um, I think this year we kind of went in and almost guys were nervous or guys were you know, not kind of expecting it. So I think this year, you know, I think we'll be much more prepared and, you know, we're expecting to be back and, you know, going in and with that mindset that we're going to win that is is huge for us, I think. Mm-hmm. Final question for you. It's when we ask everybody. I can't even remember if I asked you the first time around. So this might be a new question for you. What does the game of baseball mean to you? It uh, means that, you know, you get to be – get to be a kid you know you don't have those real world responsibilities and as we're getting older um you know we get to you know still play the game that we love and have played for years fantastic stuff logan well really appreciate getting to catch up with you and talk about all the successes you've had to this point continued success going forward and thanks again for joining us here on the podcast yeah thank you very much for having me And finally, Jonah Weisner is no stranger to accolades and, like Grant, is a WCBL traveler. The Mission BC product kicked off his collegiate career in the CCBC with the University of Fraser Valley Cascades before heading off to Allen Community College and, lastly, Ottawa University, where he was named to the CSC Academic All-District Team and was also a first-team All-KCAC and a KCAC Gold Glove winner. Last summer, he made his WCBL debut with the Brooks Bombers before heading to Central Alberta to join the Sylvan Lake Gulls this summer, where he's hitting 345 with two home runs, 20 RBI, and eight stolen bases in 29 games. Jonah, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Joe. Really appreciate it. Back for another season in the WCBL, albeit with a new team. How is Sylvan Lake treating you? Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, this is a a franchise up here that is uh, so enticing to play for. Um, unbelievable community and unbelievable organization to be a part of. Numbers kind of speak for themselves here to this point anyways, but how are you feeling about your performance so far? Uh, you know, I, I, I feel good. Obviously, uh, you know, the individual, you're always your biggest cr- critic, right? So um, you always think back on what you can do better as an individual, but um, I guess halfway through the season here, uh, you can't be too upset. I think we're off to a good... Uh, a good season so far, setting herself up for success down the stretch here. So it's just a matter of uh, sustaining and maintaining. Obviously, the goal at the end of the season is to win it all. But from a personal standpoint, did you go into the season with any expectations of yourselves, any goals, any any numbers you wanted to hit, that kind of thing to, to really make your mark? Just to play hard, honestly, just to contribute and uh, be a part of a, a winning organization. I feel like, you know, coming into my last year here in the WCBL, uh, I really wanted to give myself a chance to, to win a championship. And uh, given that Sylvan Lake is fairly new to the league, still, so I wanted to uh, be a part of some history here and hopefully uh, set out a an unbelievable summer for the program and uh, for myself as well. So, 
And clearly the team is off to that right in the thick of things like back and forth between you and Oak Tokes and Moose Jaw right now for that top three spot in uh, in the power rankings. What's been key to the team's success through your eyes? I think, uh, honestly, just the camaraderie. I think that we as an individual and also as a as a unit, I think we uh, I think we complement each other really well um, on both sides of the baseball, defensively and offensively. You know, each and every night you're going to get a guy stepping up to the plate and contributing in a way that, you know, they didn't contribute the night before. And I think that's what makes us so versatile. We're able to come out every night and compete and uh, give ourselves a chance to, to win. And that's what it comes down to is just uh, winning a lot of baseball games. Talk about being a defender when you've got that starting rotation or, frankly, the pitching staff that you guys have, whether it's Josh Tucker, who happens to be the the reigning WCBL Pitcher of the Year, or Ty Boudreau doing Ty Boudreau things, or Hunter Jones doing what he does. I mean, that's got to be a pretty easy night when you're watching those guys do what they do. It's a lot of fun seeing those guys compete on the mound and uh, filling up the strike zone. I mean, it makes your job as a defender that much easier. Uh, being engaged with the game is also a, a really big thing that I like uh, in terms of playing defense. So those guys are going to be competitive every pitch, and you know that you're going to get a good outing from them and uh, you know set yourself up for a win down the stretch of uh, late in the game. So um, it's always fun to have those guys on the mound for you uh, competing. Take us inside the clubhouse for a minute here. What's the vibe like when you head to the park and get to work with that particular group? It's a professional environment. These guys all have a, a common goal, and, and that, that's to win, uh, to go out there and, and compete at a high level and uh, do their job. Everyone's here for a different reason. Um, I think we all understand that our roles uh, vary, and uh, everyone's bought into the fact that you know they're here to do certain things, and uh, it just complements the team well, and I think that's why we've been so successful uh, this year. Hard to believe you mentioned it. We're midway through the year already. It's marathon, not a sprint, but it's also kind of a weird sprint. It's you know three months long kind of thing. What do you guys got to do here as you look forward to keep this momentum going and that you don't peter out by the time the playoffs roll around? Just stay consistent. Um, I think that our coaching staff has done a really good job at juggling and, and maintaining our uh, starting nine as well as our, our rotation and, and bullpen staff. Um, you know, it's, it's really important to keep the body healthy. This is a, a long, rigorous schedule that demands a lot of, out of you physically. So um, to make sure that we as the individual, we're doing the right thing on and off the field and, and maintaining and uh, making sure that we're ready to go for game day, I think that's probably pivotal in a long postseason stretch for us. So matter of staying healthy and coming to the field uh, ready to compete. I was in Sylvan Lake a couple of weeks ago for a family trip. We took in the Gulls-Brooks game on that Sunday afternoon. It made me wonder, though, watching you play, I know there aren't a lot of guys from last year's team on the Bombers, but what was it like facing your former team for the first time? A little bittersweet, honestly. You know, that that's an organization that got my feet wet in this league, and I have nothing but respect for the Brooks Bombers. I think that they're a very talented uh, young team and uh, obviously with a smaller market it's it's tough to compete with these large market teams but um, nothing but good things to say about the front office there and, and the group of guys that I played with last year those are uh, very talented individuals that wanted to win and there's a reason why they were successful last year instead of a bunch of franchise records I thought that they were hungry and, and wanted to prove something and I think that's uh, probably similar to what they're trying to do this year as well 
So nothing but good things to say about those guys. Earlier on, you had returned to Brooks in mid-June. You went three for six that day, if memory serves me right. How good did that feel? And was it kind of weird at all returning to Elks Field as well? No, it was uh, it was a great feeling. Obviously, playing against your former team, you always want to be successful. Um, you know, after the game, you kind of realize, dang, I, I just did that. And, you know, you, you feel bad to a sense, but also you realize that, hey, you know, the purpose this year is different. You're here to win games for a different organization. But, uh, no, definitely a little bittersweet going back there and, and seeing some uh, familiar faces uh, with, with staff and also a few players that have returned back to the to the roster this year. But it was a fun day. It was a fun day with some memories to reflect on and uh, couldn't be more thankful to, to be back in the league and, and seeing those guys again. Mm-hmm. Changing gears a little bit, you're coming off quite a year again at Ottawa U where you were named to the CSE Academic All-District team as a senior. You were named first team All-KCAC and a KCAC Gold Glove winner as well. What did it mean to you looking back on it now to receive all that recognition and praise? It's humbling. Uh, that's a very tough conference to compete in, a very talented conference uh, to be a part of. So uh, I think a lot of credit goes to the guys that are down there, you know, playing baseball. Those are uh, some really talented individuals. And, um, man, it, it doesn't fall off in terms of, of, of talent when it comes to, you know, bench players or bullpen arms. Uh, it's very competitive. So it was uh, – a very humbling moment and um, a very thankful moment that I had when I received the, the accolades and, and recognition from uh, from the commissioner's office down there at the KCAC. That was uh, quite the uh, the humbling experience, I'd say. When you look back on that season, what stood out to you? Like, what was it that made it so successful from a personal perspective? I, I think just the support system. Obviously, we had you know our head coach and, and the rest of our coaching staff leave and. Uh, Coach Jonathan Fremont, along with his staff, Josh Aller, and the GAs that he brought in. I think that they had a really uh, tough job ahead of them. That's tough to come in to a program that's been so successful, especially the the previous year, setting all the records that we that that we set. But uh, my 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 hat goes off to to head coach Jonathan Fremont and, and what he did, and also assistant coach Josh Aller. They did a fantastic job at. Um, you know, keeping the sales up and, and putting us in a position where we could stay competitive throughout the whole entire year. Obviously, you still have a summer to finish up and a WCBL championship to chase. What's next for you, especially as you look forward to the fall? Yeah, you know, right now, um, I'm supposed to be going back down to Ottawa University to, to you know, give my services as a graduate assistant, uh, pursue my master's in uh, psychology. Hopefully, from an athletic perspective, I'm, I'm hoping to see some opportunity arise my way with any professional opportunity. Um, God willing that, you know, that, that happens for me, and I'm, I'm blessed enough to, to do that. But obviously, you always have to have a backup plan. So got to make sure that the education part is taken care of, and anything that happens after that athletically is a blessing. Why psychology? Um, great question. I uh, just kind of found an interest for it in my, in my junior year. I transferred out from my JUCO, and... Uh, the program that was offered in terms of criminal justice was uh, psychology related. So I just kind of got my feet wet with that and took a leap of faith and really fell in love with it. Loved the faculty and loved the, uh, loved the teachers that, that were there um, teaching the program. Do you have a dream job in that uh, line of work? I'm hoping to get myself involved with some type of forensic psychology down the road, whether it's involved with the criminal courts or some type of private, uh, private practice. Um, We'll see where life takes me. I'm just trying to enjoy every year as it comes and uh, not try and uh, think too far ahead here. 
For sure. Some rapid fire questions here to wrap things up here, Jonah. First off, in honor of Canada Day, just not that long ago, ketchup chips, yay or nay? Gotta go with yay. I do like the ketchup chips. Coffee crisp. Gotta go with yay. It's a, it's a family favorite of mine. Gotta go with the coffee crisp. Nickelback. Absolutely. You can't go wrong with some Nickelback before a game. It fires you up. I hope you don't get razzed for that at all. I, I'm a Nickelback fan myself, but I know that they're a very polarizing uh, musical figure. That's for sure. Uh, what's your typical Tim Hortons order? Oh, wow. Um, man, when I'm back in Canada and I, I have a Tim Hortons at my disposal, it's definitely going to be a bagel belt. You got to get the best of both worlds with all the veggies, the bacon, the bagel, and then you have to go with a, uh, a Tim Hortons double-double. Coffee yeah. is unmatched. Absolutely. And finally, this one's not Canada related, but baseball related nonetheless. Favorite moment on a ball field in your career to this point? Wow, that's a really tough one. Favorite moment? Um, it has to be probably clinching a program setting uh, record in terms of clinching the regular season for the first time in over a decade with the Ottawa Braves. That was a, a moment that will never be forgotten. Very cool. And final question for you. It's one we ask everybody. What does the game of baseball mean to you? It means a lot. It's, it's a way of life for me. It's, it's been a way of life for me since uh, a little kid. And it's uh, taught me a lot of life lessons in terms of adversity and staying mentally tough. It's a tough game that requires you to be you know, physical, but also mentally, uh, mentally tough as well. So it's, it's been a, an absolute honor and pleasure playing the game. And hopefully uh, for the next few years to come and down the stretch here, I can continue to play it at a high level. Well, it's been an honor and a privilege to be able to chat with you as well, Jonah. Really appreciate the time. Congratulations on all the success you've had at this point. Continued success going forward. And again, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Appreciate it, Joe. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Ian Wilson, Logan Grant, and Jonah Weisner for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. We know many of you listen on Apple Podcasts. And if you do, we'd love to get a rating and review. We have 31 five-star ratings and a few nicely worded reviews already, but would love to get a few more. I'd be more than happy to read a review or two each episode for the rest of the season as well. And if it's not Apple Podcasts and you happen to be listening anywhere else, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a moment of the action. We'd also like to thank our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy have been truly unbelievable to us, helping us cover costs and simply supporting what we do. Check them and all of our teammates out at albertadugoutstories.com supporters. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.